Hello, my fellow terrestrials. Coming to you from an RV deep in the Carolina mountains, welcome to the What If They're Wrong podcast, the podcast that wants you to question everything. Your reality is about to be shattered. Hello, my fellow Homo sapiens. Thank you for tuning in. We're going to be talking with David Weiss, and we're going to be talking about the flat earth and how the spherical earth that you've been taught through school and media is actually incorrect, and that the earth is a flatter type of plane, and that space and everything is all a lie in a way to control us. So we're going to talk with David, and he'll present his information that he's found that has him believe that the Earth is actually flat, not spherical. You can find David over at theflatearthpodcast.com, and that's where you'll get all his information. But first, I'll show you how to save a bunch of money by switching your car insurance. Heh, just kidding. First... If you can rate and review the show, it would really be appreciated. Let's me know that you're enjoying the content. Let's me know to keep it coming. And also helps with us ranking higher on the searches so you can get more out of the show. And you can also go to www.whatifpod.com. On there, there's a contact page. You can send me a message. Shoot me a message with any show topics or if you just want to talk or if you want to be a guest on the show, I will respond to you in a timely manner. And then also, I am on TikTok, Facebook, and Instagram, all what if they're wrong. Check the description. I'll put it all down there. And with that, we'll get with David and talk to him about how the earth is flat and we've all been lied to. So remember... Question everything. Hello and welcome to What If They're Wrong, the podcast that wants you to question everything. I'm joined today with David Weiss, and we're going to be talking about the flat earth and how the globe earth theory is wrong and how you've been taught by school and media and everything else a bogus idea that the earth is a sphere and that we're living on a ball floating out in space. So I'll introduce him now. Hello, Dave. Hey, Jeremiah. That was an excellent opening. You sound like a flat earther, man. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. Thank the, you. The globe theory. It is a theory. And we weren't taught. We were told. We weren't taught. A guy in a bow tie who lies told us that the earth is a ball and boats go over the horizon. And now uh, we were told a lot of things. And we were told by teachers, like our kindergarten teacher in first grade, they're teaching us about the globe, whether you know it or not. And they're not liars. They're just indoctrinated. They were the ones that could memorize and regurgitate the Rockefeller-funded disinformation in the textbooks, and then they get to become the teachers of the new generation. So those of you that are here in Flat Earth for the first time, oh, my God, that's crazy. It's been debunked for 2,000 years. That's a programmed response. I had it, too. I banned people for life from my podcast, right, from even listening to it. I banned them um, for even suggesting that I look into it. But if you stick around today, uh, this could be your Red Pill podcast. <laughs> yeah, I want people to um, suspend what you've been taught in school and everything like that just for the hour of this show and kind of have an open mind and try to really think about what is presented here. And, you know, at the end, you can come to your own conclusion, but. I think there's going to be some things that will probably make you scratch your head and be like, yeah, that doesn't make a whole lot of sense, uh, what we've been told. 100%. So where do you want to start? So I guess the first thing is, um, which is pretty standard, what got you into doing this whole thing and what made you set out to like create this Flat Earth podcast and your app that you have and everything like that? Yeah, so... Um, I've always questioned reality and, and questioned stuff that just didn't make sense as a kid. And I was told, uh, you know, oh, that's a good question. We don't know, but this is the way we're told to teach it. And that never sat well with me. And, uh, 
I did a podcast called Deep Inside the Rabbit Hole, looking into lots of deceptions that were going around. Um, flash forward, you know, three years into it, people started saying, hey, Dave, have you looked into Flat Earth? And as I said earlier, I banned those people from life for even, you know, commenting for saying such a stupid thing. But then I was forced to look reluctantly with a closed mind. I went in to disprove Flat Earth and prove the globe. And that's how you become a Flat Earther, because once you start looking um, into this, you if you have eyes to see and an ego that doesn't yell at you loud enough where you stop looking, um, then you can see. And uh, once you see it, everything changes. People say, what difference does it make? I still have to go to work tomorrow. Well, that's what they want you to think, right? We live in this slave system that people don't realize it. You, you remember the, I call it the documentary with Keanu Reeves, The Matrix? Yes, yeah. It literally the the matrix is the heliocentric system. It's a prison for your mind. Okay, so what I'm doing here is I'm going around and I'm unplugging people from the matrix, letting them see the world. And when they see the world, it's uh it changes everything. Uh, it, it it changes everything. Like I had, I went you know went to college. I worked in corporate America, left corporate America, started my own company, CEO of my own company, making more money than I ever thought I could make. I had the American dream, quotation marks. And then all of a sudden I walked away from the whole thing because I realized that isn't the American dream. Uh, we're, we're in a slave system and people don't see the jail. The, the, the bars are surrounding us. And those bars are the heliocentric system. So I figured, you know what? I want a better place for my kids. I want a better place for me. And I'm helping people see the reality and we are literally at the tipping part right now. There's so many people waking up to flat earth and they're waking up new people. Uh, it's becoming um, a problem, a problem for the power structure that it is because they need us plugged into the fear matrix. They need us living in fear so they can control us. But when you unplug, when you, un when you realize where you are and you stop believing, you believe you live on a ball. You have no proof. That's a belief. You believe my name's David. That's a belief. You haven't checked it out. You haven't really looked. After you look and you do some research, then you'll know my name is David. But belief is easy. It takes no effort. It takes just the, okay, I believe you. But um, once you start looking, this world becomes very interesting. And uh, one thing that all flat earthers have in common is we're never bored. There's never a moment in our life, whether we're stuck in a massive tra traffic jam waiting in line somewhere, insomnia, whatever it is, we're never bored because there's always stuff to think about, stuff to see, stuff to learn. Uh, and this world is an amazing place. They don't want you to know that. Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, definitely makes you think. And the more I look into it, the more I listen into it. It kind of makes me scratch my head and, and kind of question, you know, am I being fed a bunch of lies and a bunch of nonsense? <laughs> so we're going to cover some of that today, hopefully. Um so what does the flat earth look like? Um, is it like, so if we're not on a sphere and a ball and what do you think of like outer space and what you're looking at as far as like stars sure. and the moon and all that stuff? And you know, what's, what's the flat earth kind of look like? I'm going to just jump. I'm going to give you, give you the answer to that. But um, just by hearing the questions that you're asking and the things that you're saying, I'm going to tell you something that you haven't consciously admitted to yourself yet. You know that we don't live on a globe and the earth is flat. You're just finding out, trying to find a way to deal with it. And we're going we're gonna to get through that today. So what does the earth look like? Well, if you Google flat earth, if you think flat earth, um, you come up with that pizza floating in space, a disc floating in space. And you, uh, if you Google what, you know, flat earth, you're going to see a meme of all the planets and the earth being the only flat one. That's another meme. All nonsense. All of that is fake. Okay? Even the planets' parts are fake. Um, and then you're going to see the turnip floating in space. That's from the, the you know, when I say turnip, it's a flat disc with the roots of the, you know, going down to the, to the earth or whatever, whatever it's supposed to be. Um, that's not the flat earth. So what is the flat earth? Well, the, the way, I, the best way I describe it is we are the basement of the universe, for lack of a better word. We're the foundation and we're at the center of creation, whatever that means, because people say, well, what's under the flat earth? I want to see what's under. Are there people under there? No. The deepest hole ever dug is short of eight miles. It's in Russia. It's called the Great Borehole. And for years, they tried to get beyond that eight-mile mark, and they couldn't. It was impenetrable. They tried drilling, blowing it up, everything. 
Okay, they couldn't do it, and there were some wild stories that come out of there. Look into that one day. Um, so that's like drilling halfway through the skin of an apple. Think how thin the skin is, right? And when they were drilling, they were wrong every step of the way. Uh, you know, no more rocks, no more water. They hit rocks, they hit water, right? So the ground penetrating radar that they were using was wrong every step of the way. They got halfway through the skin of the apple, and then they just knew that the next 4,000 miles, they knew, they, you know, we saw the memes in our science books, molten magnetic metal, metal core, which is impossible. You can't have a magnetic melted anything. Um, and it's all just fake memes that we were brought up on with no scientific proof of it whatsoever. So getting back to what the earth is, um, large bodies of water at rest need a container. They need lateral pressure. Like if you look in a cup of water, your cup is providing the lateral pressure and the surface of the water is flat. And if you remove the cup, any, any part of the cup lower than the surface of the water, the water will flow out. <clears throat> Same thing for a puddle. What contains a puddle? Water accumulates in the low spot, and it, it's held by the land that's higher than it. Well, what's bigger than a puddle? A pond. A lake is bigger than a pond. A lake has a shoreline. That shoreline is consistently higher than the, than the lake. If it was lower, it, you'd have a waterfall or a river. Okay? So now expand it even bigger. The world pond. All of the oceans of the world create a big, pretty circular pond. And inside that pond are islands and continents, and they're all surrounded by water. And the edge of that pond, the lateral pressure, comes from the land that is higher than the water. Well, did you know that the highest land on Earth is Antarctica? No, I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, so they tell us Antarctica is the highest land on Earth. When you go to Antarctica, um, you see the ice wall, quotation marks. Uh, it's really the ice cliff, the ice shoreline. Uh, where the plateau is, you know, a couple hundred feet above your head. It's pretty spectacular. Well, that's just the the shoreline of our world pond. It goes all the way around the world. Now, they tell us Antarctica is about 10,000 miles in circumference. If you went around, it's a 10,000-mile journey. The problem is anyone that's tried to circumnavigate Antarctica has gone far more. The, the most famous story is um, uh, Captain Cook. Took him three and a half years. He went over sixty thousand miles. Okay, sixty thousand miles when it should have been ten. Well, look at the flat Earth map. Look up the the Gleason's map, which used to be in every school, every library, uh, until the nineteen fifties. They they got rid of it. They pulled it. They pulled it from everything. Like you don't even find it in any educational reference material anymore. And that's really what the world looks like. That's the best map we have. Is it perfect? I don't know. I don't think so, but it's pretty darn close. And on my app, the Flat Earth Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app, the, the, the sun is the hour hand, and it goes around once every 24 hours. Well, I can, when the sun is over Sydney, Australia, I can call up my friend PK and say, PK, where's the sun? He goes, oh, it's right over my head. What time is it? It's noon, right? And then, you know, six hours later, I can call a friend in Johannesburg, and say, hey, what time is it? He's like, hey, it's noon, right? And uh, and you can see that there is something right about that map because the sun is where uh, the map shows it. So we live in the Antarctic Basin. Nobody is allowed to explore Antarctica. If you wanted to explore Antarctica, you can file for permits. It'll take you a year or two. It'll cost you from 200000 to $2 million just for the application, you will be turned down and they keep the application fee. Okay, so that's not happening. You can't get south of 60 degrees south without, um, without being accosted by military, uh, drones, jets, cruisers. Um, they will come after you and turn you around immediately. People have tried it. And that's when you're like a thousand miles from Antarctica. So you can't even see it. And they're already turning you around. There's eight islands equally spread around. One of them, the Falkland Islands, if you remember the Falklands Wars years ago. Why are they fighting over this little island south of, uh, I think, uh, Santiago? And it's because they have military bases on these islands, which are spread out all around the world. And then they have buoys and radar and all sorts of stuff to make sure nobody goes to Antarctica. Why is that? Why is that when Admiral Byrd went out there in the 50s and said, there's more land bigger than the United States filled with resources? that can power the world for hundreds of years. And in the time when we're at war for resources and land and everything, 
why all of a sudden they're like he made that announcement and literally the same year they said oh antarctic treaty and all of the warring countries in the world all signed it everyone signed it and it's still in effect today no treaty on anything has ever been in agreement and lasted that long it's still an agreement and you can't even question it until the year 2041 does that make any sense to you no not really no it doesn't <laughs> and uh, and and the reason that they did it they said it's the only pristine place on earth well there's no people there there's maybe some penguins and there's no life there's no trees there's no plants no people um but they were worried about environmentalism meanwhile back then they were killing whale oil, okay? So this whole environmentalism thing, environmentalism wasn't even a word back then. So that's nonsense. And, you know, you want to be environmental, take care of the lungs of our world in the Amazon. But, you know, we're just burning that down by acres every second. So that's what the flat earth is. And Antarctica is off limits because if you went there, um, you would find out that you don't live on a ball and then everything changes from that. And the last thing I'll say is um, in Antarctica, it's really difficult to navigate because compasses are so far away from the north that they don't work. There's no South Pole compass, right? But uh, on the heliocentric, you know, bipolar um, Earth, there should be a compass pointing to the south, but there isn't. And they don't really work there because they the north is just too far away. And GPS doesn't work because, well, for many reasons. One is, you know, there's no such thing as satellites falling around the earth. So even if you got there, how are you going to navigate? Where are you going to go? Right. Um, the only way that you could do it, like there's no place to fuel up is um, an airship. But there used to be many, many airships, right? Cause the airship, you just need like a solar panel and a fan and you're good to go. And um, they demonized helium. I mean, hydrogen with the Hindenburg, which was a false flag event. And, NASA, the liars at NASA, they own all the helium companies in the world. And they use more helium than everyone else in the world combined. What's going on there? What are they using helium for? Yeah, I do find it strange that um, within the past, I don't know, decade or so, you've been hearing a lot of reports of these world leaders going to Antarctica and stuff like that. And like why John Kerry went on election. Yeah, day. like why are they going there if there's nothing there? Maybe they're getting their marching orders from the people that really run this world. <laughs> Maybe. Right? I just find it Maybe. weird. So, so think about this. Let, let's talk about, you know, when I first heard about this, I'm like, what? What about aliens? What about extraterrestrials? What about, you know, the secret space program? The secret space program is real, but I call it the secret propulsion program, where it uses not anti-gravity, but anti-electromagnetic Propulsion systems. MIT just came out with an airplane with no moving parts. It uses what they call the ionic wind, and it's just changing the electric potential of this thing, and it floats. You go on YouTube and you search um, anti-gravity tinfoil triangle, you'll see this thing where they electrify it with a negative charge, and it goes up into the air. Why does a negative charge defy gravity? It doesn't make any sense. It is defying electromagnetism. The world, the Earth is electric. The Earth does not move and it has a testable measurable scientifically provable negative charge to it so what does that mean well the sky the air has a positive charge the ground has a negative charge anything you lift up off the ground is now in that positive field and it and positive and negatives if you remember science do attract so the earth is not moving it's not rising it's not moving at all so it's not moving it says come here down is this way and then buoyancy and density sort everything else out. And if you look at all of the elements in the periodic table, they all their their charge, their um, electrostatic charge is relative to their density. You know, the the higher that negative charge, the, the, I mean, positive charge they have, the heavier they are, and it makes it actually works makes perfect and total sense. There's experiments that we do where we. Um, we have uh, we took some helium balloons and we hooked them up to just like a little toy or whatever, and uh, we had a wire connected to a Van de Graaff generator, which can put a charge into something. And we just had it where it was just like two or three inches off the floor. The balloons were holding it up, equal, you know, um, in that perfect balance. And then we cranked up the generator and made the 
the, the little metal, it was just a metal button. And we added a, a stronger positive charge to it and bam, it went right down to the floor. We discharged it, it went up. Are we defying gravity or are we defying something else? Yeah, it definitely makes you wonder. And I was going to ask you about gravity and yeah. what your take on it is. So I'll just go a little farther in gravity. The, we live, the only true forces in this world are electricity and magnetism. And we live in a giant free energy system. The sun and the moon are the cathode and anode of our Earth battery system. The salt water, salt water carries the current. The land is a salt bridge. And if you remember your chemistry, that's a battery. That's how a battery works. And so the sun and the moon circle above the flat Earth, circle around the center, which is our North Pole. And it creates this free energy system. Tesla proved it, you know, with the World's Fairs. It was free energy technology. I don't know if you've looked into Tataria yet. Um, there's lots of resources on the app for Tataria. Uh, there was an advanced civilization here. Um, not more than, not much more than 100 years ago. Wait a minute. 100 years ago? It's like the early 1900s. Well, we're just coming out of um, a reset, whatever it was. I don't know if you've looked into the mud floods, but that's a good way to describe it. I don't know if it was man-made, if it was God-made, or whatever it was. But somewhere in the late 1800s, um, there was a reset that happened, and much of the world got buried in mud. So what happened there? But if we look at buildings. They're everywhere. They're in New York City. They're in Connecticut. They're in Philadelphia. They're in San Francisco. They're in every country, everywhere in the world. These are buildings that are, have free energy technology built into their towers and domes. And, uh, you know, they've been repurposed as churches and you know, places of worship. Uh, this was a living building system, living with the living earth. And all of that has been taken away from us. Uh, the rubber barons that have come after the reset have taken that technology and put us in the matrix. They literally plugged our minds into the heliocentric matrix. So we don't know who we are, where we are, what we are. You know, in school, they tell you you only use 10 percent of your brain. Right? Remember they taught us that in school? Yeah. Yeah. That's because that's the goal of school, to disconnect your creativity, your, your connection to spirit, your, your connection to the earth. It's to, dis, to take you and put you into a slave, um, you know, number-crunching calculator, um, sur serve, 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 surf. <laughs> um, that's the word. And um, – they won't only want you using 10% of your brain because when you unplug from the heliocentric matrix, uh, you start to see everything. You take your power back. All flat earthers are Neo at the end of the movie. Okay. All Globers are the people walking around in New York city. When, uh, when, when uh, Morpheus was training Neo, right? These are all people that are living in the matrix. They're all, oh, they're happy. They, they get their job. They're making enough money on the weekends. They get to drink and watch sports and, chill out and then you know they love uh making their money giving it 40 percent to the government and then at the end of the year the government gives them four percent back and they're like oh my god i am so lucky they gave me four four percent back <laughs> right it's all a control system what if you lived in a world where there was a hundred more continents than they're telling us about you might what if you lived in a world where you didn't have to pay for gasoline or electricity because free energy was everywhere what if you live in a world where food you know, we live in a world right now, you can grow enough food to feed yourself really easy. Go out, plant a garden, and food grows out of the garden after water falls from the sky. You can't make up stories like this. You stick a seed that's 100 years old that your great-grandfather put in a jar, stick it in the ground, water will fall from the sky. Water, the most valuable substance on earth. And then food will grow out of the ground. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, for sure. Yeah, there's definitely, I think, um, false scarcity, I think is what it's called, yeah. where they have us believe that we're limited on things when we're really not. A hundred percent. They want us to believe we're running out of dinosaur juice, right? You know, oil. <laughs> That's nonsense. All yeah. of the empty oil wells are full again, but we shouldn't be pulling oil out of the earth. The oil is like the blood of the earth. Um, we don't need to because there's free energy everywhere. Right. They want us to believe that we're running out of food. Not true. Food is everywhere. Right. Um, they want us to believe that we're overpopulated, where every family in America could have a half an acre in Texas and there would still be tons of free land in Texas. 
right? They want us to believe that you know, the, the overpopulation, I think all of the world could live on half of Australia, okay? It, it, it's unreal um, what people will just believe. They want us to believe that we can be taken out by an asteroid at any second, that some crazy madman is going to blow us up with nukes. Asteroids don't exist, and neither do nuclear bombs. So as far as space is concerned, um, what what exactly is it? Like, what are we looking at when we look up and see the stars and the moon and the sun? And Yeah, so in the heliocentric system, uh, you like looking at the stars. You ever go into the mountains and on a clear night and see amazing stars away from the city oh, lights? Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, so... so Tell, tell me what you think should happen here. We took a, a balloon we, that we have these weather balloons that we send up to like 120,000 feet. And in Arizona, we, we launched one on a super clear night and we had the high def 4K cameras looking up. And before we even let the balloon go off the ground, it could see the Milky Way, it could see all the stars, perfectly clear night. Now, what's going to happen as it gets higher and higher? Uh, I'm not sure. <laughs> Should get it, it should get clearer and clearer and see even more and more stars because even though it's a clear night, as you get up higher, you get above the, the moisture deck and it should get clearer and clearer and brighter and brighter, right? Just like when you're on top of a mountain on a cool, clear night, it's clearer than down in the valley. And so in the heliocentric system, it should get brighter and brighter because you have less and less interference. But what happened was at 50, 60, 70,000 feet, all of the stars were gone. Let that sink in. All of the stars were gone. I took a flight from California to Sydney, Australia years ago, long before I knew any about this. I love stargazing. And I was excited. We're leaving in the middle of the night. We're going to be in the middle of the ocean, not near any light at all, above all the clouds. I couldn't wait to see what I would see in the sky. And I looked out. I saw like two or three lights. I think they might even have been airplanes. Maybe one of them was a wandering star, also known as a planet. But there was nothing, and I couldn't figure it out. The lights were off in the airplane. I even tried you know, putting a blanket over my head, blocking out all any of the little light that was in the cabin. Nothing. Nothing. Why is that? It doesn't make any sense in the heliocentric model. So what are stars? What is the moon? What is the sun? Short answer is nobody knows, Right. But what we do know, and what we, we, no one has even been able to say it better. No one has even been able to prove that they're physical, that they're physical objects. They might just be, for lack of a better word, a projection into our um, dome of vision. One, one, uh, one example would be <clears throat> the new moon is when the moon is near the sun and the sunlight is lighting up the backside of the ball moon, if you believe that story. That's fine. And the side that's facing the Earth would not be lit, and therefore we have a new moon. You don't see the moon. Why don't we see a dark spot in the sky? Well, people say, well, because the moon's the sun's so bright, it's blinding you. It's like like having a a hundred watt light bulb and a, there's a you know a, a million uh, candlelight spotlight in your face and say asking if you can see a flea next to it. Right? Good. That's that's interesting, but not true. Um, but during a total eclipse of the sun. The moon covers up the whole sun, um, except maybe the ring of fire. But you can even block that out, and you still don't see the moon. Nobody has ever seen the moon approach, eclipse, or exit the face of the sun during an eclipse. Well, why would that be? On a, on a middle of nowhere, full moon night, you can read by the moonlight. Well, the moonlight's supposedly reflecting sunlight. It's going all the way back to Earth, 238,000 miles. And it's lighting up your book so you can read. It's casting your shadow on the ground. Well, during a total eclipse of the sun, if you are on the moon, you have a full Earth. Well, Earth is arguably shinier and six times bigger than the moon, more reflective with all of the oceans. The moon is a dusty, dirty ball. Well, that's six times the amount of light or more being reflected at the moon. Nobody has ever seen the moon not from the International Fake Station, not from an airplane, not from an infrared camera, not from any optics ever, from any angle ever, has anyone seen the moon. So what are we seeing? Yeah, it definitely seems when you look at it to uh, be emitting its own light just from 
my perspective when I look up at it. It doesn't seem like something's bouncing off of it. <laughs> but that's well, just... well, also, it's because it's lit from edge to edge, the same brightness. If you light something up with a single source light, there's a hot spot, and then the light fades out as it goes around the edges. And that's how you can tell it's a sphere. But this is very flat, and it is emitting its own light, kind of like it's, you know, it's powered up by some sort of electricity. Yeah, it does does make you wonder. And then um, as far as like the eclipses and stuff, I guess that's a big one that people who believe in the globe model are like, well, how does the eclipses work? Because, you know, if the earth was flat, wouldn't you see like a line instead of the whole so, thing being so covered? Or That is Bill Nye, the line guy with the bow tie, program response number 27B. <laughs> okay. Right, because only a sphere, no matter what angle it comes in from, could cast a curved shadow. Well, just from the beginning, that's not even true. If you cast a shadow from a sphere onto another sphere, it comes out straight. Okay? It doesn't come out like that. Now, if you have a single source light and a, and a, and a ball, get a basketball and a light in a dark room, and then eclipse it with like the edge of a book, it comes out curved. Just like we see. Now, I am not saying that the flat Earth is eclipsing, casting a shadow on the moon. I think that the eclipse of the moon has, totally has to do with polarization. And we, we've done experiments with um, polarized filters where you can block out things or sometimes they turn red. Oh, we've seen eclipses where the moon turns red. Okay. So there's also the Seleninian eclipse, which happens uh, where the observer can see the eclipse start while the sun and the moon opposed to each other on opposite horizons are both still above the horizon. Well, what does that tell you? That tells you that you're not in alignment yet. The earth isn't in between the two if they're both above the horizon. And the eclipse starts, and worse than that, the eclipse comes in from the top of the moon, based on that person's view, which makes no sense at all. So we can prove right there that it's not the earth that's causing the eclipse. And then the solar eclipse is worth worse. The sun is 400 times bigger than the moon, and it happens to be 400 times farther away. Therefore, it looks the same size. Cool story, bro. Okay? <laughs> and then occasionally, uh, the, the odds of those two lining up from the Earth's point of view, perfectly going across each other like two quarters lining up, are so infinitesimally small, I can't even think of the number. Okay? Then the idea of it happening a second time is exponentially worse or a third time. The problem is there is cycles of eclipse that happen every single year. There's total eclipses every year, every year there's eclipses and they happen in patterns. And guess what? That pattern repeats every 18 years. Now, does that sound like a helio nonsensical beehives galaxy solar system flying in all different directions, gravity tugging here and there, where these things happen and are testable, are 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 um, predictable. I it makes mean, no the, sense at all. Yeah, like you said, the chances that our Earth and Moon and Sun and all are aligned in such a way that create what the accepted uh, mainstream model of eclipses and stuff happen. It's like you said, it's a crazy uh, coincidence that. It does that. It It's a crazy, ridiculous impossibility is the better way to say it. So uh, the, the, whole, the whole idea is just absolute satanic garbage. Um, they don't want you knowing that you're at the center of creation. They don't want you knowing that this place was created for us and that the thing that people call their soul is a spark of the creator within us. And we have a simple task here. Have a great time. Don't lose control of your soul. And you would lose control of your soul by literally selling it, giving it up, succumbing to nonsense or doing evil. And we're here to experience this realm, which has been stolen from us. And we've been literally plugged into the Matrix. The entire Matrix movie is such an accurate analogy of what is going on in the world that some people can't see it. It's The lie is so big 
that some people refuse to see it. They were like, oh, you know what? I'm happy. I got my job. I'm making good money. I've got a new car. I only got 20 more years on my mortgage. Um, it's nonsense. It's all made up control. Yeah. And then once people start looking into things and start questioning things, then, you know, the reality starts to unravel and then they start to question like I did and you did. I'm sure a bunch of other people that are into this type of fringe stuff or quote unquote fringe stuff. Uh, yeah. Once you start to realize, then you go down these rabbit holes and you start to realize that there's a lot of dark powers that are keeping the truth from us and keeping us right. down and, and not it, knowing the it, truth. People are generally good people. They can't fathom evil. Therefore they can't see it. They don't believe in a spiritual war, but that doesn't matter because the evil people that are running this place do, and they are using that to their advantage. Okay. This is a, a an amazing realm we're in. It's literally like a video game and we are in it. And we chose to be here at this time, and there's absolutely nothing to be fear to be afraid of. Um, people are watching the news now, and they're like, oh, Putin might use nukes, and we got to do that. You know, all of that's nonsense. Once you understand that nuclear bombs don't exist, what about Hiroshima and Nagasaki, right? Once you understand that that never happened. Yes, there was an explosion, but it was not a nuclear bomb. Um, once you understand that that doesn't exist, you now laugh. You now laugh. It frees every cell in your body. Right. Because every cell in your body, if you believe in nukes, is afraid of nuclear explosion. You're afraid of that scene from uh, the Terminator with Sarah Connor holding onto the, to the <laughs> fence as her body is shredded. Right. Um, all of that is poppycock nonsense. OK. And once you free yourself from the fear, false evidence appearing real, you uh, free your mind and you take back your power. You stop feeding the evil that is running this place and uh, you take back your life. So real real quick for those of you that are don't think this is nonsense, I'm offering 3 bitcoins for one globe proof. 3 bitcoins for one globe proof. All you got to do is get the app. It's the Flat Earth Sun, Moon and Zodiac Clock app by Blue Water Bay. Make sure you don't get the knockoff one that's just garbage. And it's the highest rated app in App Store and, and Google Play. And um take the challenge Every day there's a featured video. Watch that video every day for two weeks. And at the end of that two weeks, if you think you have a glow proof, send it to me. But before you do, check the frequently asked questions because it very most likely is answered there clearly. And again, don't believe anything in the app or anything I say. Verify it all yourself. But the problem is when you, you don't know the questions even exist because we've been programmed to think, well, boats go over the horizon. Therefore, the Earth is the globe. There's nothing more to discuss. But they never taught you about the angular resolution limits of your eyes and how on a flat plane a boat would disappear from the bottom up. Okay? They don't teach you, um, you know, our consumer optics have outgrown their lives. We can zoom in on boats that should be over the horizon, but there they are. Like, how did, that, how did I zoom in on that if it was over a physical horizon? Well, the horizon isn't physical. It's optical. And they don't teach you that in school. The problem is, if you go Google Flat Earth, you're going to end up at nonsense. You're going to end up with all of the pushed propaganda, fact-checker nonsense that they want you to see. Like, there's a, one of our great videos, been out for years, that had millions of views, is A Stranger's Guide to Flat Earth 21 Questions. That's a pretty unique name. You search that in YouTube, it won't come up. You, you, you search in top 10 reasons the Earth could be flat, you're going to get top 10 reasons the Earth is a globe. And you're going to get pushed, uh, you know, uh, con men like uh, Professor Dave, who's not even a professor, and Simon <laughs> Dan, who's just a, a, a just a crisis actor or whatever you want to call him, um, with their snarky little you know attitudes and and they make you feel stupid for even questioning flat Earth, and that's a that's all mental mind control. So the app bypasses all of that. If you're unsure about spending three dollars on the app, by the way, just go to the go to the app store and read the reviews. Just go read the reviews, and then I challenge you not to buy the app. Well, isn't there no actual photos of the earth? There are. They NASA even admits it. The only people that claim there's photos is people that are defending the globe. NASA admits they don't have any. The blue marble which was on everyone's iPhone when the iPhone first came out has admitted by Robert Simmon, 
uh, who is a national vis- visual artist. He said he just got strips of data and then he did made it in Photoshop, hated Command Z a lot, tried to make it, you know, like, oh, I got some data that says there, the, there's lots of plankton here. So he made that water bluer or whatever, you know, and he created it in Photoshop. He admits it, but people will defend it. And then if you look at all of the different space agencies out there, um, they're all run by NASA, by the way. They're all, you know, oh, there's 20 different space agencies. They would rat out each other. No, they're all one. It's just like the 100 companies that you can go to Antarctica on a sightseeing tour. Uh, they're all run by one guy. Why does he have 100 companies competing against each other, right? Why does he do that? To make you think that you have free choice. It's like voting left and right. It's the same thing, same monster. Or the so, news where... Yeah, the news. News is owned your by like three companies. <laughs> Yeah, North, East, West, South news. Okay, they're steering your mind. So, yeah, there's, um, well, as far as you know, there's no actual photos of the Earth. That's all CGI'd or made It's up. all, it's all, and, and it's not just us saying it's CGI. Look at it. You can see the clouds are stepped and repeated. You can see that the continent sizes are, are wrong. Like, go look at some of the pictures. You're like, oh, I, that's a nice clean shot of the Earth. There's United States, there's South America, and all of the other continents are on the other side of the ball. Wait a minute. All of the other continents are on the other side of the ball because we're looking at half the ball, okay? It's ridiculous, okay? And then people say, well, the Himawari 8 satellite from Japan takes a picture with real weather data um, every 10 minutes. That's their biggest uh, claim, but... The real uh, anti-flat earthers out there don't even use it anymore because somehow some whistleblower, somebody leaked us a link to an FTP server out of NASA. It wasn't password protected or anything. And in it were tens of thousands of folders of weather data. And in one of the folders was the blue marble as a flat map, a blue marble wrapped around a sphere and showed how they take the weather data from all of the radar, they put it in a big computer, they lay it over the flat earth, the, the flat version of the blue marble, they wrap it around a sphere in Photoshop, and then they add a day and night terminator, terminator line. And we absolutely expose this 100%, but there's still people out there that go, what about the Hemoari 8 satellite? We showed you how they faked it. Absolutely, 100%. Their images, their server, everything, and uh, it, it's you know it's not real. None of it's real. Although, go look, uh, go Google um, NASA photo of Jupiter uh, of Pluto. Now Pluto is so far away from our sun, the sun looks like a star from Pluto. But somehow this spaceship flying at sixty thousand miles an hour past Pluto took a snapshot in high definition, brightly lit up Pluto, and transmitted it back to Earth. And somehow there looks like there's a desert on Pluto shaped like the dog Pluto from Disney. <laughs> okay, look it up. Look it up, Pluto, planet, Disney, and, and it's all put together for you. It's absolute insanity. You know the Red Bull space jump? Remember that? Yeah. Felix Baumgartner um, jumped, went up to 127,000 feet. Well, they lost communication with him. They could barely get a... a, a audio communication with him when he was over like 120,000 feet. They couldn't, they were directly underneath him. He's 120,000 feet above them and they couldn't communicate with him very well, but they can have a call in the 1960s and seventies to the guys on the moon from the white house. Okay. And a television and a signal live. Yeah, I heard someone on a other podcast you were on where they were saying we didn't even have a uh, Atari and they were making space shuttles to the moon. It just yeah, I thought make... it was funny. The the amount of computing power in my Apple Watch is magnitudes more than the entire space program. Yeah, so okay. it's it definitely kind of makes you wonder that, you know, how were they able to do that with the tech of that day? <laughs> well, the, the tech, you know, the Bill Nye, I think it's Bill Nye that says that he goes, they, they, no, no, um, Neil deGrasse Tyson, the failed actor, they, he says it would cost, I think it was him, one or the other, it would cost more to fake it than it would to actually go. 
That's what he said. How stupid is that? Okay? It would cost more to fake it. That is absolute insanity. <laughs> and uh, and just look up the Lunar Lander. Go on the app, Flat Earth, Sun, Moon, and Zodiac Clock app. Click the Images button, the color wheel. And one of the top pictures there is the Lunar Lander. Zoom in on it. It's made from paper mache, tin foil, curtain rods, scotch tape, not even masking tape. Okay? It's made from cardboard. It's horrible. And you have to believe that this thing's a spaceship that landed on the moon with two guys wearing diapers and a car and golf clubs. <laughs> and then it took off and connected with another spaceship that was falling around the moon with another guy in it. Give me a break. And if you watch the videos, the movie Jaws holds up better than the foot the moon landings. The movie Jaws is a, a complete and total real, realistic movie next to this moon landing. <laughs> okay? It's unbelievable. So um, what about, like... I've heard you talk about plane travel and flights and stuff like that and how it doesn't add up for the curvature and the spinning of the planet and stuff like that. Can you explain that a little bit? So let me ask you a question. So you think of your globe and you got the northern hemisphere on the top. The belt around the middle there is the equator and everything below that is in the south. I'm going to ask you to think here because they didn't teach us to think. This is a very easy question. Just use your logic. Pick any two locations in the north. Doesn't matter. California to Moscow. Uh, you know, the um, you know, Ireland to to Florida, whatever. Any two locations. Would you ever need to cross below the equator? If you're flying an airplane. You wouldn't think so, no. You well, guess what? You're right. No airplane crosses the equator. Going from a northern location to another northern location. All of the flight routes stay in the north because it makes perfect sense. If the earth is a globe, the same thing should be for the bottom. If you're going from, let's say, uh, we pick two airports at a certain latitude in the north that were on opposite sides of the, of the globe and, uh, and they fly to each other across the north, just like you could imagine. Well, if you had two airports equidistant on the south at the equidistant latitudes southern latitudes they should take a similar route down there but they don't they cross over the equator and why do they take this big arc and oh that's the that's the um what do they call that the great circle route that no it's not okay why doesn't going from santiago which is at the bottom of a ball right next to antarctica Flying to Australia, why wouldn't you just stay at that same latitude and cut around the bottom of the ball and fly over to Antarctica, right? Flying upside down around the bottom of a ball. I, I, like Once you think about it, it actually makes no sense. But it goes all the way up to America, across to China or Dubai, depending on which way it's going, and then all the way back down. Why does it do that? Well, if you look at it on a flat Earth map, it's a straight line between the two. And people go, well, on your flat Earth pizza map, Santiago and Australia are too far apart. A plane could never make it in that amount of time. Okay. Well, guess what? There's only one airline, Qantas, that does Santiago to Australia uh, nonstop. And there's only four pilots, I think, that are all military pilots, probably Freemasons also, that only fly this one specific airplane that happens to have seven layers of heat-resistant paint. Why would it have seven layers of heat-resistant paint? Yeah, it makes you wonder. <laughs> it makes you wonder. Well, the answer is maybe airplanes can go faster than they did in the 1960s. Because according to you know regular plane routes and everything, they really haven't gotten much faster, right? Maybe you know instead of a plane flying at 550 miles an hour, it's flying at 1300 miles an hour. Because at 40,000 feet, they you know these they, these planes do fly higher. They're in thinner air. Um, Maybe they're flying, the passengers on the plane would never know it, and then you make it on the right amount of time, okay? There's also major issues with that flight canceled quite often, and because they use uh, these jet streams that sometimes don't cooperate, they're pretty consistent, um, but sometimes, you know, there's a two or 300-mile-an-hour tailwind, and that helps, but sometimes they cancel the flight. They go, oh, you know, this, that. They make up all sorts of excuses. So, you know, there's a... Uh, one of the crow's laws is uh, if something is claimed to be true, hasn't been proven, the longer that happens, 
the more likely it is that it's not true. And when you look at Southern flights, Southern flights prove that we uh, don't live on a globe. And another thing that happens, sometimes on these Southern flights, there's an emergency. Someone has to land. Even Northern flights, um, there's emergency. Someone's dying or has a baby or whatever, and they need to land. And they go like a thousand miles out of their way, according to the flight route that they're telling you on. A thousand miles. A thousand miles, that would take two uh, two more hours to get there. But somehow they land right away in these weird locations. And it makes no sense on a globe. But if you look at it on a flat map, that, that place it landed is right on the line between the origin and the destination. Again, on the app, go to the images section or the Southern Flights button if you want to watch videos on it. But in the images section, there's a whole bunch of these flight routes drawn out for you. And there's a book in the book section on the app called 16 Emergency Landings. Um, amazing book documenting 16 emergency landings that absolutely 100% prove we don't live on a spinning ball. Airplanes fly straight and level over the Earth plane. The Arctic means the north. The Antarctic means not the north. Another thing the Arctic means is arc. The sun, when you are inside the Tropic of Capricorn in the inner north, the sun arcs around you. It circles around you. But when you're outside the Tropic of Capricorn in the outer south, the sun doesn't go around you. It comes towards you and it antarks away. The Antarctic. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then also, I think you had said... Um, like if the plane only flies like 300 miles an hour or whatever, but the earth's spinning like thousands of miles an hour, it well, doesn't add yeah, up. Well, yeah. Close. If you're, if you're uh, on a plane sitting on a runway at the equator, the earth is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. So according to you know, relative to a point in space, you're spinning at a thousand miles per hour, but you don't notice it because you've always been spinning. It's ridiculous. But let's say I'm sitting, I'm in a helicopter at the North pole well, I'm not spinning a thousand miles an hour. I'm actually just turning around once every 24 hours, slower than a hour hand on a on a regular clock. Okay, so I have none of that sideways momentum. Now, if I got a, if I took off and flew to Ecuador and I try to land, well, Ecuador is flying a thousand miles an hour underneath me to the east. How would I ever gain that speed? Makes absolutely no sense. Planes land on runways because the runways aren't moving. Yeah, I mean, it definitely definitely seems logical that the flights would work better on a flat surface than a full one. And I took a flight somewhere, and I can't remember where. Maybe it was Peru or maybe uh, Germany. And I remember looking at the screen and saw the flight path because i guess they show you like where you're gonna go yeah and, and i was i don't know why but i looked at it and i was like that route doesn't make any sense like why right. why is it going backwards to go forwards type of deal yeah, it's a great circle route it's how they confuse your mind hey, here's the thing they don't teach people to think you know um in the in the again back to the matrix neo when he got unplugged from the matrix He's on the recovery table. He's got all those IVs in him. And he says to Morpheus, why do my eyes hurt? Morpheus said, because you've never used them before. Okay. Well, when I'm talking to people that are just learning about flat earth, they're like you know, on a show where you're, you're already more advanced. You've already, you've already started using your brain, but halfway through the show, they go, my brain hurts. <laughs> and I go, because you haven't used it before. Right, because you were just taught to memorize and regurgitate what Bill Lye, the line guy with the bow tie, said, or lying box, the other guy, or Neil deGrasse Tyson, the failed actor. These are these are um, controllers for your mind, telling you nonsense. But they're wearing lab coats, so they have to be, you know, they have to be. It has to be truthful. No government power system controllers will ever educate their people to the point where they can challenge their authority. They teach us nonsense in school. They teach us garbage math. They don't teach us vortex mathematics. They don't teach us sacred geometry. They don't teach us um, about signs and symbols. They don't teach us about the you know energetic systems of the world and ley lines and all of the stuff that really matters. 
They don't teach us any of that. They've stolen that from us. Yeah, they don't even teach us like essential life skills, like doing taxes and. That's that that the, the reason they don't teach you that is because nowhere in the tax code. You want to make more than three bitcoins. There's a three hundred thousand dollar reward for anyone that can find the line in the tax code that says a regular person is required to pay taxes. There isn't one. Why do you do it? Well, Wesley Snipes, Al Capone were CIA agents. Okay, it's all fear in your mind. It's all fear in your mind. We, you have to learn about um, the maritime law and uh, and that, you know how they have stolen our rights away. And if you know how to play the game, you can get them back. <clears throat> um, and the place to learn all of that. Are you a subscriber to Crow Triple Seven Radio? I am not. No, but I'll have that to is, be. <laughs> that, Crow with two R's. C R R O W seven 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 Radio and um, <clears throat> dot com. It's $8 a month. Don't go to college. If you're in college, drop out immediately. Get your money back. And and just listen to there are two, ne- two new episodes a week. And then I say three old episodes. There's 403 old episodes already. And so you got five courses a week. And you will be way smarter than anyone else to know how to navigate this screwed up world for $8 a month. I don't think you have to go into debt for that, okay? <laughs> College is a 100% scam. Now, if you want to become a surgeon or, or something like that, sure, you need to go learn those skills. But all of the other stuff is all garbage. It's all garbage. Oh, yeah, it's all it's all for profit, and all these schools get so much funding, and yet we still have to pay you know, $50,000 a year to attend. <laughs> And for those of you that, that had an adverse reaction when I said nukes don't exist, episode 053 and episode 400, which is actually the current episode, the day of this recording, listen to those two in order, and you too will know that nuclear bombs don't exist. Hiroshima and Nagasaki uh, were in, incendiary bombs. Three days after they went off, all the stores were open. Sandwich shops were open. People were selling flowers on the street. The trains were running. And nobody was allowed to report on that. Only one reporter was allowed to write articles and take pictures. Anyone else that did was put in jail, right? And then Chernobyl and and Fukushima, uh, plants, people, and animal are thriving there. Animals are thriving there. They've never, they always have, and they always will. The whole radiation thing is another scam, right? No, don't take away my nuclear bombs and ra- fear of radiation. That's part of who I am. Well, <laughs> guess what? It's fake. It's not real. Watch those episodes, and then literally your DNA will open up. You will you will start claiming. You know you can't blossom if you're filled with fear. Okay, you can't you can't grow and 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 thrive with all of this nonsense. And once you unplug, it's the best thing ever. Yeah, fear is the biggest blocker of success. False evidence appearing real. Yep. And so if people want to learn more about the flat earth and, and, or get in contact with you or anything like that, where can they uh, find you and your information? And obviously your app, the the app is, listen, the app is $3. Always oh, selling apps. Okay. It's $3 one time charge. There is an $11 a year subscription. If you want to use the app to go on the social network and communicate with other other users, there's a, I have a thing called the Friend Finder. You can see all the other users all around, all across the earth, and you can message them and you can send out group messages like, "Hey, I'm having a meetup Saturday at 4 p.m. at Joe's Bar and Grill, 123 Main Street," and then all the people show up, and you have all new friends. Um, but you don't have to do that. It's again, it's eleven dollars a year. You, it's a margarita, okay, one margarita <laughs> for the year. Um, also on my website. You, I have a, a flat earth crash course. You don't want to get the app? Just take the crash course. It's just a series of videos. Watch one a day for a week. And I guarantee before half, not, you won't make it halfway through the week before you're like, oh my God, the guy's not crazy. Flatearthdave.com. Everything is there. Flatearthdave.com. Sounds good. Yeah. And I'll definitely link that in the uh, show notes and everything so people can get there fast. And thank you for coming on and talking about this. And spreading your knowledge and hopefully get some people to open their minds and question. And even if they, 
you know, still cling to the sphere, they at least can scratch their head and think, hmm, and look into it. A lot of people say, you know, they've made some interesting points, but I still think the Earth is a globe. And I just throw it back to them. Can you give me one reason? And the only reason they could ever give is, well, that's because I was, that's what I was told. And, and I can't imagine that many people could lie. Well, you know why you can't imagine it? Because you just said it. I can't imagine, right? I can't imagine. I don't need to imagine. I know, okay? I don't believe anything. I know that the Earth is not a globe, Right? What is the earth? It's level. It's horizontal. All horizontals are parallel. Horizontals parallel with the horizon, right? Globers say that horizontal is curved. Level is curved. Okay? It's ridiculous. FlatEarthDave.com. Thanks, man. Oh, yeah. No problem. Thanks for coming on. All right. See you.